Welcome to the Creative Brew, helping you keep your creative juices brewing. We're giving out chunks of insight, motivation, and practicality for your creative journey. And welcome to a new episode of the Creative Brew, giving you insights on your creative journey. Uh, this episode is brought to you by some great partners of mine. First of all, Panels, Comics and Coffee Bar here in beautiful Oceanside, California, right off of Mission Avenue. They've got some of the hottest graphic novels and comics out right now. Uh, they also have been uh, having an assortment of uh, merchandise, uh, toys, back issue, vintage comics, um, you name it. Uh, if you get a chance, um, if you mention the Creative Brew, you'll get 10% off of your next purchase. And you can check them out at Panels Coffee on uh, Instagram or Facebook, or you can go to panelscoffee.com. Another partner of mine is Elevate Coffee Trading. And if you appreciate specialty coffee, enjoy outdoor adventure, and love helping elevate the lives of children around the world, then you're going to love Elevate Coffee Trading. Based out of the Dallas area, their mission is to extract hope through love, coffee, and adventures. There's free shipping in the U.S., and every bag of coffee helps sponsor health and education for children in coffee-producing countries and in areas of need in the USA. You can follow their journey on social media at Elevate Coffee Trading and visit online at elevatecoffeetrading.com and start extracting hope together. And another partner of mine is Astropad. And if you're a digital creator like me, Astropad actually turns your iPad into another uh, professional graphics tablet. So uh, I have the option of using Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator right from my iPad Pro and uh, it connects seamlessly with my uh, with either my desktop or my laptop, and it's given me some increased functionality as far as um, what I do. And then even having a digital workstation on the go, so I'm always you know working from different areas. Astropad definitely helped me out with with that. Uh, you can check them out at astropad.co on Instagram or astropadapp.com. And then my last partner is Cobopod. And if I'm not recording at home, Cobopod is usually where I'm at now. Uh, it's a boutique video and audio production studio based in Oceanside. And if you're a podcaster, vlogger, uh, content creator, uh, you honestly should really swing by, check out the venue for yourself. Great setup. Uh, this is usually where I, I hold my roundtable uh, interviews for that, as well as just uh, solo episodes. But uh, they have a, a sound coach uh, to help set up for microphones and headphones as well as a photographer, 4K video, high quality audio, and uh, it's made a, a, a world of difference for my podcast. So uh, you can book your session today at cobopod.org. All right. Well, today we have Joe and Moni, and they are the co-founders of uh, Creators Assemble, and they are on a, and like I said, I'll let them explain their story, but they're, I've started to partner up with them in, in various aspects. And, and uh, like I said, the Holiday Heroes um, campaign was, was yeah, I love that to death. Uh, love helping out the kids. And uh, like I said, great calls, and especially I, I get a chance to, you know, draw a superhero then. I, I love that. But um, I'll let you, uh, I'll, I'll let Joe and, and Moni, uh, Moni ex sort of explain what Creative Assemble is about, uh, their story and how they came to be. Sure. So actually, it's funny that we're having this discussion today because yesterday marked the four-year anniversary of my career in comics. Um, of course, Creators Assemble was just founded in April of 2020. So, you know, take the trash fire that's been 2020 so far and put something good there, which was exactly our intention. But my background is a librarian and actually a comics librarian, someone who has taught people how to network in comics and with educators and teachers and the importance of comics in classrooms and libraries. And that sort of led to once I found myself out of a job due to COVID-19, like so many people did, um, this idea that had been percolating and really Joe had been pushing me towards, you know, these networking opportunities you're doing at Comic-Con and at WonderCon, we should be doing something with that. But when you're a public librarian, it is a conflict of interest to, you know, start any other kind of nonprofit project like that. So as soon as I wasn't, uh, we decided to take all of this mess and make something good. And what we made was Creators Assemble, which is a not-for-profit um, charity organization where we do a couple things. We 
help educators and librarians get um, comics and graphic novels into their libraries and their classrooms, and we give them the tools to do so. Our toolkit is actually dropping at the beginning of the new year for teachers to be using, so we're super excited about that. And the other thing is where we met Quantal or where he knows us from is we promote aspiring artists, aspiring creators, writers, really anyone in the creative space. But um, it happens that illustrators kind of came first and easiest for us. And that's what led to the project that Quantal was mentioning that we're, we'll talk about in a minute. But Joe, did you have anything you wanted to add about our origin story that I missed there? Yeah, no, sure. Uh, so. I guess it's kind of funny that we are doing it at this time because not only that four year anniversary, but in reality, um, we started kicking around and started laying the bare bones structure for Creators Assemble uh, actually this exact time last year. Um, we had no idea that COVID would be taking us out and pushing us a little faster on the road for it. Um, but in reality, we had already tentatively started coming up with the idea of all right, this is going to take a little bit of time. You know, we're going to, we're going to ease into this project. You know, it's, it's, we probably won't go live until 2021 or anything like that. And then shutdown happened. And then we're like, well, we have nothing else to do. <laughs> so we could either sit on the couch and watch the same shows on Netflix over and over again and, and run to the end of the internet, or uh, we can actually do something with our time. Um, and so we decided to, to kind of move forward. Um, I myself um, come from a writing background. Um, I do uh, comics writing. I've done uh, a little bit of screenwriting. I've done, you know, a bunch of different genres, but um, mostly we kind of had this nice little meld between Moni and myself where she is, she's the educator side of things. She understands the educators inside out, upside down. And I came from the creative background where I, you know, I always met different creators at, at Comic Cons and, and different aspects there where we ended up, you know, kind of, I would get their stories over and over again. And that would be what pulled on my heartstrings was I was literally sitting there talking to creators who were, who didn't know how to become professionals, who had all sorts of talent, but they didn't know how to, how to do anything you know they were just kind of a little bit lost out there didn't have any guidance or anything and nothing struck me as sadder as then somebody with all this creative talent and they don't know how to share it with people they don't know how to be able to to get it to the rest of the world and and we couldn't just let that go um and so we had to find a way to help these people as much as possible so um it, it was kind of a nice melding of of our hands and our personalities and just kind of the the perfect storm really wow so why, why do you think that um you know i think you you just brought up a, a good good point um why do you think it it is hard for a lot of creators to sort of figure out because i've seen i mean i'll, I'll look on social media or anything like that and i mean it's people with i mean just <laughs> the talent is tremendous but um why do you feel like it's sort of hard for them to sort of market themselves and sort of figure out, you know, where they need to go? Like, yeah, There's you know, part, oh, 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 sorry. Um, yeah, anyone can know. answer that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. We talk over each other all the time. It, it's being married. Like That's what home. happens. <laughs> um, part of, part of what, uh, what it is, I think is, is that in every other profession, you know, you, you can go to school, and they teach you how to become a professional. You know, you you learn how to do the steps of becoming a professional this way. If you want to be a doctor, they show you how to be a doctor. If you want to, you know, if you want to be a salesperson, you know, they can teach you how to be a salesperson. But in art school, they they teach you, you know, different methods of you know of, of how to express yourself artistically. But one of the things they never teach you is okay, this is how you sell yourself on the back end of it. And that's kind of it is, you know, we're all in reality, you know, no matter what job you have, you're a salesperson in a way. Um, and so you, you just got to have that spark. You got to know how to sell it. Um, so being creative, you know, that's the least of your thoughts. You know, it's the last thing <laughs> that you have in your mind of, okay, how am I going to go ahead and sell this to people? It's, I made something fantastic. I, I may be my harshest critic across the world, but you know, honestly, 
you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing, but it's, it's that next step of, okay, now who do I give it to, you know? Um, so I don't know if Moni, if you have anything. Oh no, you make it an excellent point. So also my part of my background, obviously I was a public librarian for 16 years and you go into librarianship and this is just the parallel here is that you're like, oh, I'm an introvert and I don't, and you don't think of like, marketing yourself and I know that sounds weird because as a librarian you're supposed to be about your community you know but it's also like how do I move up in my career so that I can make a bigger impact and it's the same thing with creative folks and that's kind of what I spent my time as a librarian doing was mentoring other librarians to be vocal about the work that they're doing to share it amongst colleagues to you know that was the way to expand is like I have this great idea and it's made this great impact in my community but now I'm going to tell other other librarians and other educators about it and I see the same thing there's so many amazing creative people out there and a lot of them not all of them but happen to be introvert and that's kind of why they're at home and being artistic all day and doing beautiful things but you know if they're not being out there being outspoken and especially this day and age there's so many ways to get out there but it's also there's so much noise and there's so many other people out there competing for that same space and so a lot of the same principles that i applied with helping my staff in their careers as a librarian and and kind of boosting myself as as it worked for you know make, making a bigger impact in my community and then in comics is the same thing that we apply for like you know the making three posts a day and making sure we're getting that messaging out there for people and and well you did this one thing have you told anybody about it you know we have actually a couple i hope i don't embarrass them but we have a couple of amazing volunteers at creators assemble who happen to be some of the best artists in our that are not technically in our creator network because they have not yet felt comfortable putting themselves out there so that's been part of it is like they're on the back end helping us with meeting minutes and kind of that 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 nice little clerical stuff when in reality we're like you need to be in our limelight and so part of that is this mentorship of of these folks of like that gaining that confidence and also seeing the how much it's necessary to put yourself out there if this is something you really want to pursue yeah that uh yeah that that can be that can be tough i mean i, I know uh naturally i'm i'm an introvert and like doing even doing this podcast even you know forced me to you know market it and connect with people and and um and at the same time too it's given me given me the confidence even with my uh, design or creative work you know if you know i have potential clients you know i don't feel as uh, uncomfortable as what i used to uh you know talking to them or pitching an idea or things like that so yeah i think i think you know having some kind of mentorship or, or having something to where um you know showing the i i really showing a sort of a strategic plan for a lot of these creators to be able to you know perhaps get their their first um client work or you know anything like that um yeah it's, it could be hard i mean i know even coming out of school i mean i really didn't have any kind of you know plan as far as you know i mean i really didn't see myself even you know starting my own business at first uh, but you know, uh, I end up going into the sort of freelance life. And it, so I sort of had to learn how to, you know, market myself and, and you know, do marketing and, and everything like that when I really didn't want to. But um, yeah, so it can be, uh, yeah, it can be a little daunting for <laughs> yeah. a lot of cradles. So. Oh, yeah. Job, really. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's hard if nobody teaches you how to do that either. It's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. You know, it's, you have to learn a whole brand new skill set. And that's, that's tough. Yeah. Well, and, and hearkening back to our origin story, so I, I kind of, we brushed upon it, but where we got the idea for this was, um, as a librarian, I represent the American Library Association, they have a graphic novel and comics roundtable, and I would plan events at, when, when there were cons, um, at WonderCon and Comic-Con, and what there would be was we'd get, we'd get some big publishers, usually people like Boom and Image, and they would have some of their major creators. Our very first one we had Scott Snyder at, so that was super cool. Oh, wow. um, yeah, so, but we did that with a librarian at every table and we did it kind of speed dating style where people would, so that, that way nobody could just 
sit at Scott Snyder's table for the whole hour and suck up all this time. You actually had to rotate and talk to librarian. How are you using comics in your library? And, you know, ALA member, what are you doing? Like all these different walks of life, but all in the same space. And it was really cool because we had aspiring writers and illustrators come and get to pick Scott Snyder's brain. How did you make it big? How did you become Scott Snyder? But also, you know, hey, publisher that's here, how did you, what, what, what do you look for when you're publishing something? Mm -hmm. And hey, librarian, how do I get my book into your library or your classroom? So, and it really inspired people because some of the, the creators who were trying to make it kind of left with like new ideas and new opportunities. And we're like, this is a really cool thing that we're doing, but it was really just kind of that twice a year. And so that sort of was the, the natural extension of we're teaching people to come out of their shells, to meet face to face when you could, um, and to, to network and to learn that there's more than just, okay, so I can draw big deal. I just met this person that can do lettering and drawing and this and that. What else can I offer? Or how else do I market myself to step up my game? Where do I fit in? So I love what we're doing now. And, you know, we help just kind of push people's Kickstarters and some of their, their creative projects. Uh, every once in a while, we get opportunities thrown our way that we can give to our creative network. So it's just kind of a really cool way to give back and watch I mean, Joe's got behind him on the right-hand side, the black and white print there is one of our first Limelight creators. That's Emily Larrabee, and she's enormously talented. And, you know, we're helping her find work out here. She was originally in Oceanside when we met her. So you never know what is, where it's going to take them. And I hope someday we'll be part, part of someone's footnote where they're like, well, now I'm super famous, but I remember those guys from Creators Assemble, and maybe I'll come do a networking event for them too. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Emily. Yeah, Emily. I, I follow Emily on uh, Instagram. Her her work is all is awesome. Uh, she's she's got a uh, a very unique style. I was like, I could definitely see that. You know, at a, on a cartoon or you know just other other places. So she, sure. uh, she'll she'll be finding something pretty pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, going to the I guess going to the I guess education side, um, you know, getting you know comics and graphic novels into the uh, you know a, as a educational um, platform. How are you? How are you able to pitch that? Because like I said, I, I I see people starting to do that now, and I honestly made that was how I read. Um, I, I grew up on comic books, and um, that was a, a reading. Um, you know that as far as with that, that was something that helped me with my. Um, oral and written skills uh, was reading comics. So, um, what what do you? How do you? As far as on your on the edu educational side, how do you pitch that to you know to educators saying, "Hey, look, this is a good investment." To um, in the beginning, it was hard. It's getting easier. There's still a lot of kind of older mentality where educators and librarians may not like having those, but they're at least realizing now the data is supporting. You know. Um, particularly K through 12 comics, the market. I mean, if you're just looking at it from the old school retail money-making mentality, the K through 12 market is gangbusters above and beyond anything in just the Marvel DC fan realm. You know, now you've got your Scholastic in the game and, and, and folks like that, Penguin Random House. And, you know, so, so just from a sales perspective, it's, it's an easy sell when you look at the numbers that are starting to come up. Um, from a, a school perspective, you know, for me, I created a small adult graphic novel book club at a library that I worked at. And um, it was a need that we had because we had a teen collection and a kids collection. As I mentioned, the K through 12 was like flying off the shelves. And the teen collection had a bunch of mature titles in there that when you're a public librarian, you get used to, but it sucks, uh, challenges from the public as far as like censorship and all that kind of thing. And I came in as a new librarian there and I was like, you know, we're going to get popped someday that some teenager is going to grab an adult comic and it's going to say that it's for teens and it's clearly not. And so that was kind of my argument for pulling the adult stuff out and having its own collection. Then I saw that Comic-Con had a graphic novel book club and I was like, I want that for us. 
So I got in touch with them and we started doing that and it just kind of snowballed. I got invited to speak on a, a specific educator panel and I basically told the story that I just told you guys, but with a little bit of like the return on investment of basically that um, collection became the third highest checkouts in the library. So when we're talking about checkouts, we're talking about people came into that library to get kids books, you know, to read to their little ones. They came into that library to rent DVDs at the time. And then they were coming in to rent specifically adult comic books. And when I say adult, I just mean reading level. And we started hearing stories about, like you were saying, Quantal, where um, low literacy, it doesn't even have to be low literacy, but low literacy or people on the spectrum where they, I had a young man say, these comics are amazing because in my head when I'm trying to read, I don't see pictures like when I'm reading a traditional print book but the comic book looks the way that it looks in my head and it helps me. And we've actually seen kids go up higher on the reading level or even adults that are low level, low level readers. And quite frankly, you know, forget about all of that snootiness. Nowadays, the stories are so amazing. Who cares what reading level or who it's made for? If you love it, you love it. There's, there's, there's a comic, comics are for everyone and there is a comic for everyone. And I say that because I get a lot of like, my, my housewife mom friends who I love to death who like to read their dishy romance novels and I will find them a comic and they go, what can you recommend next, you know? And that's sort of been my following as of late as I do articles for my employer of like what you should be reading in comics. It's like, it's just five a month, but man, people are just like, what else are we recommending? What are we reading for this reason? So anyway, and, and part of it too is I just did a radio broadcast at Literacy for All in San Diego and Educators, and I hate to say this, and I know it makes a lot of the old school like clutch your pearls and you bite your tongue, but um, we're losing the battle in literacy. Book sales, book reading, it's all going down. And whatever we have to do, I don't care if you have to give your dessert first to get them to eat their vegetables, so to speak. If it gets the spoken word into your hands, if it's something, I mean, right now, the, the lists that I'm curating are like social emotional learning. It's all this being at home in quarantine and how hard it's been on kids. It's books that help them deal with depression, helps them deal with all these feelings, this social anxiety that they're having and all these things. And it's really reaching people. And I really believe in what we're doing and the statistics back it up and the education backs it up. And at the end of the day, even if you don't like the format, guess what? Your students will, you know, your library patrons will. And it's your duty as someone who serves the public to be putting out in front of them something that they're going to want to, you know, that they're going to relate to and find and have impact from. So that's my soapbox. I could stand up there all day and talk about it. <laughs> hey, preach it, preach it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely all for, um, you know, having, using comics and graphic novels as uh, a medium for, you know, for people, for kids to be able to, to, uh, increase their their reading skills because like i said not you know not, not all of them can go you know get a you know uh just throwing out a book twilight and sort of you know describe you know it and you know sort of see what you know what these characters are or you know imagine what this what this environment's like where you know you can get a graphic novel and plainly see you know you can connect the the words to the to the characters and to the setting um so yeah, uh, you know, all, kudos to, to that. I, like I said, I'm an advocate for that. Um, grew up on comics. Definitely, I would put put comics and graphic novels in any kid's hands. And um, you know, I, I think that needs to be. Um, I actually think that that needs to be more um, done more in a lot of the schools. Um, as far as the the uh, limelight gallery, uh, Joe, um, maybe you can answer this. Uh, as far as how, how did that even um, start and I, I guess what what is the limelight gallery for you know for anybody that's that's listening or watching yeah sure so the limelight gallery was actually um an idea that we had that um we we could spotlight a lot of different artists you know and and um i mean because there are just so many um at any given point and so what we really wanted to do was we wanted to um we wanted to find people that that wanted to share their personal stories um, and wanted to make a connection uh, as well. And so what the limelight turned out to be was we can just take one artist, um, give them a month spotlight um, where we 
on our website, we, we put up all their works on our, in the gallery that they have, um, we got a profile on them. And then um, we sit down, we do an interview uh, and, and record it for YouTube and all that. And, and, and we let them share their story of, uh, you know, how they found their way into art, how they, you know, where, how they got to where they are right now. Um, and then also, you know, their personal interests, their struggles, their, you know, all the good stuff. Um, but the key part of it too is, is that um, we also highlight them in our, in our monthly newsletter, um, which you can sign up at creatorsassemble.org right now and hop on and actually sign up for the newsletter as well. Um, but uh, what we do is every month we put out the newsletter, we make sure we spotlight that artist as well. And our, we know our newsletter goes out to a lot of big name publishers and a lot of big names that are on that list as well. Um, so regardless, when you're a limelight artist, you're going to be noticed by, by bigger cats above you. Um, and that was, that was the big thing. We want, to, we want to find somebody with 50 followers and be able to bump it up to, you know, at least a thousand kind of thing. You know, we want to lift you up and, and maybe catch the eye of a, a big name publisher or something along those lines who, who actually just happens to stumble upon their art and look at it and go, wow, that, that person's got serious talent. Um, or, you know, at least maybe we can kind of bring this person under our wing and help them out as well. Um, but the idea was, yeah, the limelight, we, we need to, to put a little attention on some of these on these names that that haven't really been discovered yet uh we got to give them their time to shine um because you know i mean it, it anybody could benefit from from a, a foot up kind of thing and i think that's we're just trying to be that that step for them to to lift them up into the next platform and you know we're not huge yet as far as following but we've got as joe mentioned we've got key followers. And moreover, uh, something that a friend said recently is every time you do someone else's podcast or, you know, some other opportunity, you're reaching an audience. If it's three people, it's still three people that you haven't reached before. And you never know. I mean, we're going to actually be doing a recap of 2020 with our previous Limelight artists because a handful of them can say that they've had at least one paid project or new opportunity from being seen through the limelight. And that can only snowball, that can only grow, especially when we get out of this crazy year. <laughs> Things can only go up from here, right guys, right? <laughs> so yeah, you never know. It's, it's, and it's just, I think it's a good confidence builder, no matter what, is just to kind of be like, I am worthy, worthy of being, you know, a month long spotlight from this whole nonprofit and all eyes are on me for the month. I mean, that's, that's pretty cool. No matter what, it's, it's a good confidence booster for people like our volunteers who we're pulling out of their shells little by little. So, <laughs> um, so tell me a little bit, um, how did they, um, you know, about, well, I was part of the uh, holiday heroes campaign. How did that even form with the, with the make-a-wish? Luck. <laughs> <laughs> No, we had we had uh, come up with the idea that we wanted to do some. Uh, our first uh, charity book that we put out um, this year, which was you know huge for us, regardless. You know the fact that this is our first year, and we're already trying to give back to others. Um, that was always kind of a a fundamental one of our cornerstones that we always wanted to build on was. We want to help out artists and educators, but also we want to help the community as much as possible. Um, and so our first ebook was, you know, to promote artists, but then also it was, it kind of turned into a social justice book um, where we focused on the Black Lives Matter movement. And then we also focused on the LGBTQ. Um, and, and we got a lot of praise for that. And that was, that was really great. Um, but we also wanted to reach our hand back one more time because, um, holidays are hard. They're really hard. Um, and especially, you know, if you have, um, children that may actually end up being, um, fairly sick. Um, and we, we wanted to do something that as, and it's a simple idea really, but I mean, 
you know, when you look at a kid and, um, and you can just give them a little bit of hope in the holidays, that's, that's all you really need. Right. Uh, I mean, that, that goes miles. Um, and what better way than to, to make a kid a superhero, so to speak. Um, so Moni did all the heavy lifting, um, with Make-A-Wish, um, I mean, it was Joe's idea. So the Holiday Heroes, basically to describe what it turned out to be for, for folks who are listening or watching, it's uh, basically we partnered with Make-A-Wish San Diego and we were able to match our creator network. Uh, Make-A-Wish sent us originally 10 children, all of whom are critically ill. And they sent us like a one sheet that had like a small picture of the child, their first name, and then a list of like their favorite things. So their favorite food, their favorite uh, comic book character specifically in this case, their favorite color, things that would inform artists to be able to make a rendering of these kids. And again, these kids are critically ill. Some of them can't walk. Some of them won't be around too much longer. Um, so it was a cool way to kind of elevate them you know they're so strong their families are so strong and to show in a physical way the transcendence of you know what they think they are versus how everyone else sees them they may feel not well they may feel sick or scared but to everyone else they're inspiring they're strong and they're really getting through it and making the best of things um one of the families we were sent a picture of the three brothers and their parents and told that two brothers were critically ill with the same genetic illness. And we did um, illustrations for both of them. And while we were in the middle of that, we actually heard that the third child had been diagnosed with the same illness as his brothers. So their family is three for three on, on losing their children in the, in the near future. Um, it's, it's hard to even talk about, but, and, and not saying that we're saving lives or anything like that, but it gave the artists a feel good opportunity when all, so many of us are, you know, stuck at home and we're isolated to be able to, uh, we, we had all three of the brothers rendered and then they like to play Batman, Robin and Joker together. They like to dress up. And so we had a special one done as a surprise, even Make-A-Wish didn't know that we were doing it. We had all three brothers done that way together as a little Batman poster for the family. So the mom has a keepsake after all this as well. So it was just an extra thing, but as Quantel mentioned, he did an amazing rendering. You did for Ian, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, with yeah, uh, Ian. Okay, that was really cool. And yeah, everybody- was fantastic. Just- the creativity and, and all of them are so different and yet so professional. Um, we had them framed. We actually just delivered yesterday. The Make-A-Wish folks are super excited <laughs> and they will be taking photos with the kids who are willing to um, of how it looks when they're receiving them. So I'm super excited to see the kids' reactions. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And it actually went so well that we're going to extend it into the new year. We're planning on taking on, we have funding for about five more kids. And so we have a few more artists waiting that, that didn't get to do the first round. Um, and you know, people can still donate. We do have a GoFundMe for Holiday Heroes Creators Assemble. Um, but the more that you donate, the more we'll be able to sustain this project because what that pays for is a little bit of stipend to the artists for their time. And then uh, the materials and the, the printing and the framing that we do for delivery. Yeah. Oh, and it's going to be a book. Sorry, I just got to plug one more thing. We're making the whole thing into a charity ebook that's actually in the works right now. So a book with all of the illustrations from all the artists, which will help promote the artists, will help promote the project more. Um, we'll go for $5 with proceeds to Creators Assemble for our upcoming mentorship project that we'll be doing in 2021. Awesome. So as far as a, uh, and I guess going into that, uh, that lead way there, what, what, projects do you have going on uh, or do you have planned for 2021? Well, you, uh, you caught us in our planning phase. Uh, so <laughs> um, we actually have a, a giant sheet of butcher paper that we're just writing out ideas on. Um, so uh, 2021, we're looking to be fairly, fairly active again, um, which again, I mean, we should baby step this because, you know, we're, we're new to the game, but um, it's hard when you have so many people with so many ideas and so many excitable people with big ideas. 
Um, so you want to say yes to everything and you want to do everything all at once. Um, and honestly, when you're kind of trapped in the house 24 seven, you kind of get a little antsy and decide, you know, maybe we should just start doing more stuff anyways. So, um, but part of the things are, you know, we're going to have our limelight, uh, throughout the year. So, uh, new artists each month, um, that we're going to focus on, um, we're, we have a, um, professional job spotlight um, that we started. Uh, we had two interviews um, this year um, and we're looking to actually be signing up a couple more. Um, the job spotlight is gonna be on actual professional careers um, in the comic book industry, so to speak, but um, not your standard artist slash writer. <laughs> you know, Cause everybody knows those two jobs, but it's, the rest of the world behind it um, that we kind of want to give people eyes on because you know you may not have the talent to to be the professional writer that you think or to be the professional artist that you hope that you are um, but it doesn't mean that you can't be part of the industry itself um, you know if that's where your heart lies we want to show you how to get in there um, and and do that um, and then uh, we have uh, a Dungeons and Dragons game that's going to be our um, big uh, event in, in in May. So that's going to you'll have to keep an eye out for that one. Um, but uh, this kind of moves our focus a little bit. Of we we started this with the idea of um, of pop culture in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and while comics is great because you know that was our gateway. You know we we knew people in the industry. We kind of built it. Um, everybody on our board uh places dungeons and dragons that's kind of how we met <laughs> so it, it's our secret origin story that nobody talks about um but it uh, we we wanted to expand further into pop culture um because there are so many different avenues that that you can actually use pop culture to actually educate with um and and part of what we want to show is that um by playing tabletop RPGs, you can teach kids how to to come up with you know strategic planning, how to socially interact with you know, with groups, um, how to actually you know social emotional learning skills. You know you can you can depending on how much you yourself you're willing to put into it, you can get that back tenfold. Um, and so we're actually looking forward to, to these games. It's going to be a day long stream. Uh, we're still working out a couple of the kinks, but um, it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be a charity game. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of art, uh, art auctions as well. Um, and, and we're going to have um, a few, few creative guests uh, on there. So we're looking forward to it. That one's going to be our, our big kickoff uh, for, for May. What else we got, Moni? We mentioned a mentorship program, uh, which is kind of pending funding, but we're putting together people basically who are making a living in the comics and pop culture space as mentors to, we're probably gonna go with students who can demonstrate a need, whether they lost an opportunity uh, this past year due, due to COVID or you know due to parents' job situations or that kind of thing, but basically looking at a mentorship where the uh, teen probably will get a project from start to finish that they'll work on with their mentor and be able to kind of see that project to fruition. Um, We're seeking project opportunities with some of our local partners right now to see how we can kind of boost um, these mentees once their projects are completed. But um, our goal is to be able to pay for a little bit of art school and a little bit of mentorship time for, for some at some at risk and, and um, teens who can demonstrate a need. So we're, we're very passionate and excited about that. And that's the kind of thing that when we're raising funds, that's what we're looking to basically be able to support just for those who are interested in helping us get, get to our goals with that. And we have a list of folks who are wanting to be mentors and we have a short list of people who want to be mentees. So if anyone out there is interested in either of those things, uh, info at 
creatorsassemble.org for all of that. Oh, and I mentioned the launch of the toolkit. I talk too much. This is this, we do so many things though. Uh, when we were talking about getting the the comics into classrooms and libraries, we have a committee of educators, and I'm talking college faculty, um, Cal State San Marcos, San Diego State University, a uh, bunch of public librarians uh, across the country, really all of us working towards making a digital toolkit that will be available through our website that's affordable that will help you implement whether you're used to using comics in your classroom already or you're new to it either way it's quick start how to you know discussion guide questions recommended reading lists um, everything basically and 24 hour free support from the educators who actually do those things in their classrooms so that you can, especially in COVID times, get a digital, you know, comic book and have discussion questions right there for you, have a quiz. We're also going to have some survey statistics showing the learning outcomes of some of these students, how much more they were able to retain and how much better they tested they did in their test scores after having read books like they called us enemy and march through the San Diego um, community wide reads this year. So really exciting stuff and we're happy again because we come from the teaching and public library background. If you just have questions about anything like that like I, I that's what I get a lot of when I used to talk to educators in person was you know how do I get started or how do I talk to a parent who doesn't think this is worthwhile for their kid to be doing in a classroom or whatever else so feel free to reach out to us and pick our brains because we're definitely here for that too now quick quick question is now that that initiative is that um just location specific or could this be for any any school or or teacher that that's interested in that i mean as far as across the country i didn't know if that was just location specific towards the san diego area or anybody no not at all the only thing that was specific are some of our survey results but that's more of a um, a lot of the data that exists that proves that comics and graphic novels elevate people's learning especially adult learning um, is old data um, or based on retail sales and that kind of thing so our our data was all done in surveys here but we are getting with educators from the east coast and across the country and everything will be available through our website 100 percent digital so if you want it you'll have access to it you'll have access to us and it doesn't matter where you're located it's just the studies that we're doing are going to be specific to this area yeah okay so uh going on to the next question um what is and joe Bona, you can just decide who wants to answer this first. Um, what is inspiring you right now? Go ahead, lady. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, it's hard to stay inspired in in quarantine times. For myself, I mean, I do another podcast. It has nothing to do with comics. It's a um, horror pop culture podcast. I like to do a lot of urban exploring and ghost hunting. So I think just as far as what inspires me is saying yes to new opportunities. Anytime someone like Quantal asks us to, to come do a podcast um, or come do some kind of project, I'm always saying yes. Um, anytime that my friends are like, hey, let's put a mask on and do a socially distanced trip to like a, an abandoned, you know, insane asylum somewhere, <laughs> get in the car and I go like, um, that's how I'm keeping inspired is just by trying new things uh having new experiences and just trying not to go out of my mind um just exploring any way that you can and being interested and if you're stuck at home uh, researching new things and obviously coming up with all these ideas for creators assemble um, i myself am, am, am unfortunately not at all uh creative when it comes to illustrating and uh, creative writing i'm not very good at those things and so <laughs> i'm happy to be a mentor and to help folks like elevate folks who can do that well because that's definitely a skill i don't have but i would just say what's keeping me creative is just staying curious and being willing to kind of take that where i follow that where it goes so um that, 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 that's that's an awesome answer uh what about you joe uh yeah it's actually funny I'll, I'll give the sappy dad answer um so um two nights ago uh we had gone to the comic shop earlier in the day uh picked up our our standard pull list all that good stuff um and we had thrown a um a brand 
a brand new comic uh, into the into the poll um, for our eight year old to read. Uh, it's Black Cat. Um, she she's I don't know where she ended up getting interest in Black Cat, but she loves Black Cat. So um, and so there's going to be a new run on that with Marvel. So uh, we went ahead and threw it on there, and um, you know her reading hit or miss because you know sometimes she'll she'll actually sit down and read, but it, it you know ninety percent of the time we'll catch her on her iPad instead, you know watching YouTube or playing Minecraft or whatever have you, um, and so we gave her um, Black Cat and. Um, like less than an hour later, I hear her upstairs uh, and I just go have to peek and she's reading it to herself out loud. And, you know, some of the words are, are too big, you know, for her, but she's, she's still getting the idea. She's, she's actually taking the time to learn and read. And um, that right there is, is part of the reason why we did all this, um, you know, was, it's a kid that's learning to read by herself um, and actually taking the initiative to do so, you know, and, and it's just because we gave her the tool, we gave her the comic book to put in her hand and she went and she, she gobbled it up. I mean, she, she just went right through it and is begging us to get her the next issue, which, you know, is heartbreaking to tell her that, you know, it's monthly. So you got to wait a month, but but still, um, you know, she's, she's, she is just over the moon uh, about it. And the fact that we got our kid to actually, you know, put down digital media for a bit and actually just actually read something, uh, that was, that's all we ever need. And then that's, that was the goal, you know, of this whole thing was, was to be able to give people tools to, to better themselves with. And, and right there, we're, we get to see it live and in person. Um, so that's that's kind of the the rewarding aspect, you know, of not only of, you know, CA, but of, of being a parent as well. So it's, it's really kind of that that blessed charm right there. Yeah, that's 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 great. I mean, it, it is hard to get a lot of these younger kids to, uh, you know, pick up a physical book. Uh, I mean, like I said, they they was pretty much born into a, just a, a really hyper-connected, you know, society. And it's just, I, I know my, even, um, you know, my, my little uh, grandkids and, and my little uh, nephew and niece, I mean, the, already, you know, that's all they do is they're on their digital, you know, digital tablet and they know how to use it. Uh, but, uh, you know, just being able to, you know, get that book and sort of read, read a story and, um, and get them to comprehend um, and connect the, the words to the pictures. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's priceless, um, you know. Um, going into um, creative tips, uh, what, is a, what is a creative tip or tips to, uh, that you could provide our audience? Um, personally, uh, most of my lightning ideas strike me in the shower. <laughs> so, um, it's not good for your water bill, but uh, truth be told, it's it's where I get my best thinking done uh, most of the time. Um, so that's that's helpful. Um, but also, I think part of it is actually what what you know. I'm kind of hoping my kid will do a little bit more, and I need to do so myself. But in reality, it's um, disconnecting for a little bit, um, just um, detox from from a a bit of the electronics really and just kind of visit the world so to speak you know kind of clear your head of all the noise of the continual stream of, of everything that comes in um, if you can just take you know an hour or two just to kind of clear your head and and just kind of get a little sunshine on your brain um, that goes miles it really does uh, you know because all of a sudden you kind of refocus a little bit and you can hear yourself think again. And it's amazing when you can hear yourself think um, what kind of thoughts you actually do have. Um, and, and, you know, and then you can just kind of use that as creative inspiration, uh, so to speak. Um, that's, that's where I've come up with, with a few of my favorite characters. And it's just because I've actually been able to, 
to hear myself think for an hour and, <laughs> and it's, it's incredible all of a sudden i have other people's voices in my head but you know the kind of the right way so to speak well uh what about you Moni? i think kind of similar to what i said earlier is just stay curious lean into that and just keep at it you know um things aren't done overnight things aren't done without hard work we all sitting here know that um so don't get frustrated and if something isn't working for you one way then find another avenue because eventually you're gonna you know something that if you're enjoying yourself you are going to find a way to make it work if that makes any sense so like i enjoyed reading comics and then i realized my community enjoyed reading comics too and then I realized they were benefiting from it. And then, you know, I was like curious about what else, else I could do to help them benefit from it. And, and it just sort of snowballed and here we are. So yeah, just kind of lean into what you, what you love and work hard at it. Um, but also don't be so nose to the grindstone that you're not seeing the bigger picture of like, okay, I'm doing it. But like we've all said, how do I let other people know that I'm doing it? How do I market it? Or who can I connect with to help me do that? So find someone who believes in you, find someone who doesn't believe in you because their criticism or you know their constructive <laughs> feedback can be very helpful to your process. And that's where you learn. So that's what I'll say. So we'll go into the uh, creative life. Um, if you had the perfect mix of everything that you do within that 24 hour span um what would you what would you be doing I'll let you go lady go ahead. oh in a 24 hour span let's see my kids would let me sleep in past five and then i would get to have my coffee while it was still hot <laughs> um creatively creators assemble would be my my only job um, but I would also get paid to uh, explore haunted places for my podcast. Those would be the two things. And as they grow bigger, my daughters would be able to come with me for those kind of opportunities. Um, and I don't know, we, we tell the eight-year-old that, that Creators Assemble is her legacy whenever she's complaining, you guys are working again. You guys are like, this is your legacy though. So, you know, it would be super cool to have her involved in some capacity. She's done little videos for us here and there talking about like the impact of Make-A-Wish on kids. And um, so yeah, in, in a 24 hour span, uh, go check out somewhere haunted, preferably with the kids if they were old enough and not, not too scared, um, get paid for that <laughs> travel opportunity and do something maybe like this or in person like this, but going back to cons where we get to talk to people in comics because people in the in comics world are the best overall. Comics gate notwithstanding, people in comics um, and creative types are the best people to, to hang around with. So that's, that's how I would spend a day. Hot coffee and surrounded by loved ones doing my favorite things. I like it. Absolutely. No. Yeah, what about you, Joe? That's pretty close to it. Um, the reality, I, I, I would love to get up, um, have some quiet time to actually write a little bit. Um, and then I would love, absolutely love to sit down with another artist or somebody um, and just pick their brain for a little bit um, or even just a handful of them at the same time. Um, Cause that's always entertaining when you, it's nice to have one-on-one -on -one with an artist or a writer or somebody like that. But when you get a gaggle of them, then it's just ridiculous. Then everything is off the walls and there <laughs> no holds bar at that point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's always the fun part. Uh, then, you know, I would absolutely just love to um, be able to just head over to a comic shop and just kind of mull through and just see other things that have been made mm -hmm. you know and it, that you know it's funny as they always say you know you always go to the comic shop and it's always the same stuff that's there but it's like looking at a picture you know in in a museum yeah it's the same one over and over again but you find something new every time yeah. and and that's the fun you know you go to the comic shop and you're like i may have seen this issue you know years ago but now that i'm looking at it again with a different eye a different perspective oh, it opens up so many different things. And, yeah. and, and when your perspective changes and you, and you kind of find deeper meanings on things, um, it, it's, it's fantastic. It's also terrifying. And that's why you're watching, you know, 
Simpsons again, even though it's 30 years old, you're watching the same ones from the beginning when you're younger and you're like, oh, I, I missed half of this. Uh, so, um, yeah, I probably after the comic shop throw on an old TV show that I that I adore um, and and find new things in there as well, um, just because that that always gets me going. Uh, anytime I can find something new that I missed the first time over, uh, makes me so happy. Yeah. I have another answer for that real quick, and that is something like Make a Wish or mentorship or something like that to know, like, that's what I loved about, about being a, a librarian too, was um, making that community impact every day. Even if like you're, you're an illustrator and you're live streaming or you're showing your work and it's inspiring someone else to do that. Just knowing that you're making some kind of impact, you're not always gonna know, you know, like not everybody has the opportunity that public librarians have where someone comes and says it was because of you that I stayed in school or that I learned to read or that I you know um, but the Make-A-Wish project really gave that to us and if through Creators Assemble especially we could be making some kind of impact every day that at least we knew about um, that's that's what you do it for right is that validation I mean that yeah that feel good for you and that knowing that you're helping for someone else too if you could feel that way every day I don't think I could ever stop. Like, it's just amazing. And that's what you work towards, you know, is, is for that, for that impact. So, um, Joe, Monique, whoever wants to start first, um, just a little, just a couple of words of wisdom for anybody that it, that will be listening to this episode that, uh, perhaps, um, one thing that may help, a, a an aspiring creator. Um, you're your biggest critic. Um, but, you should also be your biggest fan as well. Um, everybody is really hard on themselves. Um, and that's good. I mean, you should be hard on yourself to, to push yourself to be better. Um, but you also have to take that time uh, to understand, yeah, I, I did it, you know, and I don't think enough people celebrate themselves enough, uh, so to speak. Um, there are a lot of arrogant people out there that, that kind of only know that aspect of it, but, um, but the ones that they understand, they know what I'm, what I mean is, you know, you can be very hard on yourself, um, and, and you can push yourself into a dark place sometimes on that. Um, but no, ultimately be your biggest fan, uh, and, and understand and know what you've done and accomplished and celebrate that. Um, enjoy that um, doesn't mean you can't move on to the next thing afterward but always you know in football they they always say you know victory Monday um, you you win on Sunday take Monday to celebrate have fun and then Tuesday you go right back to work um, and that's what you should do you should take a day to celebrate what you did and then go back to work Um, I would say, and I, I've said this already, but stay curious and lean into that. Um, but moreover, celebrate yourself, and like Joe said, but also trust yourself. And what I mean is like, I, I struggle with anxiety and I know I'm not alone in that. So I'll just share that to help others to say that what I like to do when I start going like, but if I do this thing, then it's, you know, it's going to be all scary and you get all in your own head. Think about like close your eyes and take a deep breath and just think about what is the worst that could possibly happen. Well, the very worst, you could die, which not to be morbid, but if you die, I guess it doesn't really matter anyway, right? Like that's, you don't have to worry about it. Short of that, what's the very worst that could happen by taking a risk, you know? And usually if you think it through, it's probably not that bad or it's something really bad and you've lived through it before. So you should trust yourself that you'll get through it this time if it were to go that bad. And then you think, okay, so that's the worst that could happen. So let me now plan it in a way to take steps to prevent that as much as I can. Okay, good. So now I am trusting myself that I have thought this out, that it's an opportunity I should take and that I will be able to handle it. Whether if it's great, which it probably will be, but if it's not great, I'll survive that too. And I'll learn something from it. So stay curious, lean into it and trust yourself because what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Some great, that's some good words of wisdom. That's something I, I'll definitely be um, <laughs> trying to use myself going into uh, 2021. Uh, <laughs> I, I usually tend to get all these and, and sort of hear back and 
it's sort of weird hearing all the different people that I've interviewed uh, for all these episodes. And, you know, uh, there's there's generally a, a sort of a recurring pattern going on. And it, it definitely does. I mean, it goes back to, you know, how you how you see yourself and, um, you know, being worthy, you know, and and being and just being you and being curious and uh, just learning how to experiment and um, knowing, hey, if it's, you know, you reach your goal, celebrate it and then, you know, get back, get back to work. Um, so, um, yeah. Oh, and also, too, um, how can people get in touch with uh, Creators Assemble? Go for it, lady. Okay, well, um, as we mentioned, the generic email, which we do check, is info at creatorsassemble.org. Mm -hmm. um, and that gets triaged to us, but you could do Joe or Moni at, and it's still creatorsassemble.org. Best way to check out any of our initiatives, whether that's you want to be one of our artists or you want to find out more about our holiday heroes or any of that, is just simply creatorsassemble.org. Thank you, Joe, Moni. Thank you for. Um jumping on for this and um like i said when this is actually released um this episode is actually re be released it'll be the pretty much the first one of the new year um so it'd be cool so it'd be a good jumping off point uh especially for creators assemble and uh, I'll, I'll put all the information in the show notes when when everything releases so once again um thank you this has been me quantel Moni, joe and once again this is another great episode of Be Cradle Brew, Be Cradle, Stay Inspired. <laughs>